Live from the headquarters of Ramsey Solutions, this is The Ramsey Show. It's where we help you win in your life. Three areas. Win with your money, win at work, and win in your relationships. That is the game, and you can crush it. 888-825-5225. I'm Ken Coleman, joined by the fabulous, the incomparable, Jade Warshaw. I'm now I'm turning into a, uh, a boxing announcer. Host. Yeah, and uh, always fun. We love being together. Uh, Jade's gonna gonna help you on the money issues. I'll weigh in, and I'll dive in on the income, and she'll help out on that as well. So that's what we're talking about: more income, getting rid of debt. We have a great group of people, fabulous looking group of people out in the lobby today watching. You could come watch the show um, anytime that we're on. So uh, go to RamseySolutions.com, look at the schedule. We'd love to see you come out and say hi during the breaks and all that jazz. And it's always good to have folks staring at us like we're zoo animals. Uh, Speak for yourself, Ken. Yeah. Well, there's some lovely zoo animals. (laughs) I would put you as a peacock, maybe. Okay. I'll, I'll take you that. You okay with that one? I'll take a peacock. Mm-hmm. Don't tell me what I am. I'm afraid I won't be able to handle it. Here we go. Man, Manuel or Manuel? I never know. Let's, Manuel. Let, I say Manuel. Let's see. St. Louis, Missouri. What say you? Um, it's Emmanuel. It's Emmanuel. But Manuel. I'll Manuel. All right. No, no. We got to call you by your name, man. Manuel. So how can we help? Hi. All right. So I'm about to graduate from college with a uh, degree in mechanical engineering in about a year. Nice. But my dream career is to be a prosthetist, and mm-hmm. you have to go to grad school for three years, and that's going to be about $160,000. Plus, there's only like eight schools in America that have it, and the closest one to me is New um, is Chicago. Okay. So I've so far I've cash flowed all of college, and I want to cash flow grad school, but that's going to take like six years, I assume, to like save up all that money. And I didn't know if it would be best to just go ahead and take out a loan and like pay it off later when I get my career or to go ahead, work as an engineer, save up money, but I don't know where I'll be in life in like that like in a few years. So that option. I didn't know if it'll be like yeah. all right, let's break that down. So Jade and I we, we want you to go with no loan. So let's start to map this out so it doesn't feel like you're placing your life on hold. Because can mm. we be honest, that's the emotion. And yeah. I get it. Yeah. Oh, six years. All right. Did you say one hundred and sixty thousand? One hundred and sixty. Okay. Now here's my yeah, question. You said there were only thousand dollars each year. Okay. okay. And you said there were only eight schools in America that offer this particular degree, grad level degree, correct? Yeah. The, okay. I found in my research. Yeah. Is one sixty the high, low, or medium of the eight prices? It's, it seems about like the medium, like the regular price. What's the lowest price? I'm curious. Um, I actually don't know that right off. I'd find out. Every school I look to. I'd find out. Let me tell you why. Uh, The good people that you're going to be putting prosthetics on or designing prosthetics for, and the people that will hire you, do not care which school you go to. Do you agree or disagree with that statement? I'm fine with whatever. Agree. No, agree. All right, then. Definitely agree. So homework assignment number one, Jade, I want Manuel finding out what the lowest price school is let's say it's a hundred for sake of discussion okay now all of a sudden if if i'm doing the math right now i always have to have jade help me because normally i have to take my shoes off to do math 100 divided by two ken (laughs) but the point is is that you've got a six-year timeline for the 160 price you're you're looking at it kind of going for me to save cash it's going to take me six years i'm trying to get you in a mental process 
by which you start to go, wait a second, I am not limited and I'm not putting myself on hold. So practically what we're doing right now, Manuel, is we're going, all right, I need to find out what the lowest price school is. Let's say for sake of discussion, it's hundred grand. How does that, let's play this game out. How does that change that timeline from six years to, what do you think, off the cuff? I don't know, maybe three, maybe four. Okay. I agree with that. And right, by the way, we're not holding you to these numbers. We're just working the exercise that you need to do after the call. Mm-hmm. All right. So now we, we, we've shaved off years, right? And let's not forget, yeah. we shaved off lots of dollars. Mm-hmm. And you're going to be making really good money as an engineer. Now, I have one other question, yep. and, I, and I want Jade to weigh in here. Um, but the other question I have is, is it possible to work your way into this role not educate your way into this role. What I mean by that is if you start out in engineering and you make your way into that industry and maybe there's a level or two below the designing of the prosthetics or or whatever you described, could it be possible that you work your way into that? Or is it only way in is the master's, the grad degree? From everything I've read, it's the only way in is to the master's. All right, I'm going to challenge you. Let me challenge you. There's a lot of things I've read, and I think I'm right. And then I meet somebody who's actually experienced it and actually knows. Mm-hmm. So that's homework assignment number two, right? I want to know yes. by talking to somebody in the field who hires people in the field, who's working in the field, is it the only way that I get that job by getting the grad degree? I think you get those that answer and the answer to the first homework assignment, which is what's the lowest cost school of the eight and Jade, why is it so important that he be patient and and wait three years, four years to save up? Why why do we have that stance? Well, I'm looking at a couple of things here. So I'm really interested in where the lower price range schools are. I wish are I knew that number. Because that that dictates a lot for us. But I think that to Ken's point, while you are where you're at, what will you be work what will you be earning as a mechanical engineer? Out of the gate, um, like, I'm right now. I'm currently at an internship, and I rolls over to a career, and so I'm not sure what the price is, but I'm, I think I've heard like a lot of it's like around forty thousand as like the first first year income. Okay. First year income from, as a mechanical well, engineer. Graduation. I don't know. I think it's I, I, right after graduation. As okay, but I heard it could fluctuate depending on where you are, but that's because I'm at a startup now. Okay, um, I just think that you need to do a lot more research. I feel like a and okay. and I'm not I'm not faulting you on this because you've been focused on your education, but I want to turn a lot more of those I don't knows or I thinks or I'm not sure. I want those to become way more definite because where you work and the amount of income that you're able to earn and knowing where you're going to go next is a huge informative piece of this puzzle. Right? Like if you if you right. if you find out, hey, there's mechanical engineer jobs in Denver that pay twice as much as the ones that are over here in New Mexico, you're right. You know what I'm saying? And then you find out, oh, mm-hmm. and and by the way, that least expensive program is also in Colorado, just a couple of minutes outside of town. Like you might find some things that really inform the choices that you make next. So you're really in research mode. That's Got where it. you're at right yeah. now is research mode. And then mm-hmm. the mindset simply has to be like Ken said, no matter what I do, debt is not an option. So maybe you're calling those places up and you're saying, hey, I've got this degree. I've been working in this field for the last year and a half. Is there, I, I'm so interested in working my way into, into prosthetics. What can that look like? Is there a program? Is there a fellowship? Is there an internship? How can I do this to where you guys are going to fund part of this or all of this? Yep. Ask questions. And Manuel, I'll just leave you with this. I want you to go watch our documentary, Bar of Future. 
because there's a dentist that's featured in that powerful documentary and you just need to get his story because if he could get a hold of you he'd go it is not worth all the debt on the back end even though you're doing the thing and you're making good money you do not want to be stuck with all that debt and resent the very thing that you feel you're supposed to do with your life and you're going to do good stuff thank you so much for the call excited about your future manual don't take the debt it's never worth it this is the ramsey show Hey guys, it's Rachel Cruz here to tell you about a faith-based alternative to health insurance that can make healthcare more affordable, Christian Healthcare Ministries. CHM allows members to share each other's healthcare costs, and it's as easy as one, two, three. Step one, choose the healthcare provider you want. Step two, submit your eligible bills. And step three, get reimbursed. CHM members take care of your eligible medical bills. With no network and the freedom to choose your healthcare provider, CHM is the best option for Christians who want to take care of their families and help other believers. Find out more at chministries.org slash budget. That's chministries.org slash budget. Welcome back to The Ramsey Show. I'm Ken Coleman. Jade Warshaw joins me this hour, and we are here for you, America. 888-825-5225. Dallas, Texas is where we go next. Argenis is on the line. Argenis, how can we help? Hey, how are you guys? Uh, first of all, I'm really excited to be on the show, my first time. And um, I have a bit of a different kind of question for you guys. So a different kind of question. question? Here we go, America. I'm ready. So my question is, how can I budget to have fun? The oh. reason why I'm asking is because a lot of my family is dispersed in different parts of the like the world. Okay. So I always have to find a way to budget to travel and go visit and kind of, you know, connect back with my family. So that's, uh, to me, it's very important to make memories. Um, luckily, I never opened up any credit cards. I don't okay. have any debt. I have the house paid off that I'm renting at the moment. I'm actually working on renting out another RV that I have. So how can I also just budget so that I can go out and kind of just spend my funds, my money and some funds? That's cool. Hey, it sounds like you've done a great job with your financial situation. You don't have any debt. Did you say you have a paid off house, but you're renting it out? Yes. Awesome. And then you've got an RV that you're renting out. Where are you living? So, um, I'm, I'm actually renting a house. A second house. Yes. Okay. Um, interesting. Okay. So tell me a little bit about how much income you're bringing in every month. So I'm bringing, um, just with my job, it's about 4,000 a month. Um, and then with the, with the rental, it's another 1200. And once I get the RV, uh, rented out, I'm planning on renting it out for another 750 a month. Okay. And how long will you be able to rent that RV out at 750? Because, it's going down in value, and is the RV completely paid off? Yes, the RV is completely paid off. Um, so, I mean, I just would rent it as long as I possibly can or eventually sell it. Um, but for now, I'm looking to just get, you know, some, some money out of it and just kind of rent it out. And what do you pay in rent for well, yourself? I pay 1000 in rent. 1000 Okay, interesting. Yes. So, um, okay, I... You asked one question, but I can't help but pull a thread of another one. It is interesting to me that you are operating a rental and you're renting for a $200 spread. Yes. 
So um, eventually, well, my plan was that I was going to live in it, but um, the rent's just been increasing more and more in, in Texas. I originally am from New Jersey. I right. moved from New Jersey to kind of get away from all the expenses and stuff, and I came here. So mm-hmm. everything everything started to increase here. So I was like, well, if I just live in it, um, I mean, I won't really pay anything, but I was like, maybe I can get some money out of it. And I'll be honest with you, I don't have any kids. I don't have, like, I guess, major, huge responsibilities in my life right now. But the rental is so, not where you live. How far away is it from where you live? The rental is 20 minutes from where oh, I live. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Okay, let me yeah. let me keep myself on track. If Let me just give you a piece of advice that you didn't ask for. If I were you, I would not be renting. I'd live in the house that you own because it's not okay. worth... When you said it, you were right. Rent is going up. So you're charging more, but you're also paying more. That's why you're never making a spread on it. Um, so if I were you, I would live in the house that I own. And if you want to do rental property, I would save up because like you said, you don't have any debt. And then I would save up until you can buy another piece of real estate in cash and do it that way. And I think you're going to get where you want to go a lot quicker that way. Okay. Yes. Now let's talk and about... Reason, go yes, ahead. I'm sorry. The reason why I originally got a rental was because it was a whole mix of between a, a family thing going on uh, with the property at first. So I kind of rented to get out of that uh, situation. But you own the house. Um, but, yes, right. But it was a whole sentimental thing, you know, having family come over and can I live in it and things like oh, that. Oh, so you have family renting the house. Yes, yes. Right okay. now, so still? That, you know, that, yeah. I'm sorry? Still? No, no, not anymore. That's oh, so already thought. done and over with. Yeah, no, we okay. appreciate the reason, but the advice is still correct. Yeah, Jay's right. It doesn't change. It doesn't change what I think that you should do, and yeah. I get that I'm just a radio person that you called into. So, um, let's get to the crux of what you want to do, which is you want to travel more, and you're you're on the right track. You have to put it in the budget. So, this is just a matter of you getting very detailed on what that looks like. Where are you traveling to? How often are you trying to travel? And really being detailed on what it's actually going to be costing and letting those uh, items be reflected in your line items. So if you're saying, all right, I'm, I'm, where's one place that you have family? So I can give you an example. Um, Last, uh, about two years, I think it's been two years already. I met up with my uncle. We actually went to the World Cup in Qatar together. So that's one place that we travel to. He happens to live in Romania, and then his brother, which is my uncle, lives in Spain, and then I have a family in Mexico. So it's kind of between, like, Europe, Mexico, um, and those areas, but it's... So when you went to Qatar, when you went to Qatar, what was the problem, or was there a problem? I'm guessing that you budgeted to go because you said you don't have any debt, so tell me where the problem lies. So so to be honest, so the problem is I also have this thing where it hurts me when I have to start taking money out of my account. For some reason, it bothers me. I got to a point in my life where even though I know I have a good emergency fund and my checking account is still good, it starts to bother me when it goes down. It might feel a little excessive. Like Here's what you have to decide the tension between. You said that it's important for you to see your family, but we also know that your family, it sounds like, is spread across continents and countries. So... Yes. It can, when you're making $4,000 a month, I'm just going to be honest with you, it can feel excessive if you're going to Spain and Mexico and Romania and Europe and Qatar. Like there is a part of that, yes. that even if you're making it work, there's probably a part of you that's like, hey, can this money be better spent elsewhere? 
And that's where you are going to have to go, okay, the opportunity cost of this is what? If I'm going to Qatar, if I'm going to Romania, if I'm going to Mexico, is that keeping me from investing? Because are you currently investing 15% of your income? So um, I, I'm not really. I did there you like have it. Stock, but, but it's not really a thing that it's working out for me. Okay, so um, I think that's what you're feeling. I think you're feeling the, 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 the tension of, okay, there's things that I want to do, but... I'm doing them at the expense of other things that I really need to be doing, right? So the way we teach is you're already in a great spot. You have no debt. Um, Do you have any money saved? Not retirement, but just like a saved emergency fund? Yes, I do have have, uh, some money saved. How much? Uh, I have about 12 grand right now. Okay, great. So you might bump that up a little bit since you're a single guy, try to get it to six months of expenses. But then I think what's happening is you're not investing. And we would suggest that at this point, you're investing 15% of your income every single month, every time you get a check. And I think once you start doing those things, you're going to go, okay, when I have extra, it truly is extra. Like I'm, I'm taking care of the things I'm supposed to take care of. And then it's reasonable for you to think, okay, I'm a single guy. I don't have a lot of attachment. Are there really, are there two trips that I can plan a year? Yeah. And this is pretty simple. You need to reset your expectations. You just don't have a lot of margin. I think you said your rent was a thousand. You make 4,000. That's too high. We've already told you what to do there. Uh, Run the baby steps out. And after you do everything that Jay told you, it's back to the line item in the budget. Yeah. I've got, I'm making this up $150 a month that I could put towards the uh, we used to have a, an envelope called the blow envelope when Dave first started to teach it was like mm-hmm. blow money, fun money, yeah. and that's how you started the call. So here's the deal: I'm going to save up 150 bucks a month because that's what I can do after I take care of business. Mm-hmm. Now here's the other thing: I would sell the RV okay. and get what money you can for that. Now, yeah, that's it a doesn't make losing. a lot of sense. So let's say it's worth 15. I'd go ahead and get the 15 cash, and I'd start p- applying that to the baby steps. And I also want to challenge you to make more money in four grand a mm-hmm. month. You know, more income, if I got to take on a side hustle and all of a sudden that side hustle is my travel fund, fantastic. Mm -hmm. But I think it's very simple. Real expectations based on your income and then some discipline. And I think you're a disciplined guy, um, but I think there's some strategies that you can take to bring in more income and not be putting money into things like renting when you own a home and an RV. It's a depreciating asset. Depreciating asset. I'd sell it now. Yeah. He's trying to do the most. He's trying to do everything. Yeah. I'd Gotta rather travel. Scale it back. If it were me, I'd rather travel. Yeah, scale it back. So uh, there you go. Thanks for the call, Argenis. Appreciate you. This is the Ramsey Show. Quick break. We're coming right back. Don't move. Hey, listen up. When we invest, most of us have no idea where our money is going. But the reality is your investments could be funding social and cultural causes that you would never choose to support. With Timothy Plan, you can avoid putting your hard-earned money into things you don't approve of and invest in companies that line up with your values. With Timothy Plan's pro-life, pro-family filter, you can invest with moral responsibility while going after competitive returns. So while it's still true that you can't serve God and money, you can make your money serve your values. Contact your financial advisor today to see if Timothy Plan is right for you. Visit timothyplan.com for more information. Investing includes risk, including possible loss of principal. Before investing, carefully consider a fund's investment objective, risks, charges, and expenses contained in the prospectus available at timothyplan.com. Read carefully before investing. Mutual funds distributed by Timothy Partners, LTD, and ETFs distributed by Foresight Fund Services, LSC. Welcome back to The Ramsey Show. Thrilled to have you with us. 888-825-5225 is the phone number. That's 888 888- 
825-5225. If you're new to us, and boy, we hear about this all the time, new people coming in all the time, uh, YouTube, podcast. First of all, welcome. We're thrilled you're here. This is a safe place, and I'm telling you, when you talk about money, when you talk about your work, you know, your income, you talk about your relationships, it's very vulnerable. And uh, I just want you to know that we're here to help you as a caller. You aren't a prop. You are the reason we do the show, and you represent millions of people who can connect to you. So I just wanted to say that if you're new, uh, welcome, but feel safe. That phone number is for you, and we want to help you win. Jade Warshaw is alongside of me. I'm Ken Coleman. We're your friends. I promise. 888 825 All right, up north we go, New Haven, Connecticut. That's where Chris is waiting. Chris, how can we help? Hey, thanks for taking my call. How are you doing? We're having a blast. What's going on? Uh, so, work, work question for you. Hoping you can help me out. Okay. Um, love my job. Mm-hmm. Absolutely love it. Been there for about two years. Uh, work, work for a very big company. Um, so, you can kind of see where I'm going here. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've heard stories about this all the time, but I was hoping it would never happen to me, is that everyone loves my work. Everyone loves what I do. Um, I have no problems with the people I work with at all, but I was promised a promotion at my most recent review. It's not like I was begging for one. Mm-hmm. They, it was discussed heavily. Mm-hmm. And, um, well, it's been quite a few months and it still hasn't happened yet. Mm-hmm. So I absolutely Oop. love what I do, but how do I be a little more aggressive and pushing for that without burning bridges sure all right let's go back so you said you weren't begging for it did you bring it up or did your leader bring it up in the review this idea of uh, my leader did initially oh, interesting did they give you a timeline no and um did they discuss any comp uh they discussed in a potential increase what the potential nothing specific would be uh, I got to tell you, uh, I love Jay's question. If you combine it with no details at all on timeline, what it looks like, I feel like maybe this was a carrot. I think you're doing a really good yeah. job, and I think this leader is probably an inexperienced leader. I'm not going to project uh, anything more negative than that, but I think that's an immature move. And it feels like, whether it was intentional or not, it feels manipulative in the form of they're dangling a carrot. And for people that are really young and never heard that analogy, <laughs> that's the idea of, you know, the old the old it, cartoons. You know, they would tease Bugs Bunny yeah, or whatever with a carrot and a stick a and just hold it out just, just far enough that he couldn't get it to keep him moving. And that's the idea. <laughs> and Chris, you resonated with that when I said it, correct? Yeah. Okay. Now, let's go back for a second. You said that... You weren't begging for it. So had you had this annual review and the boss says, hey, we love you, love what you're doing, great job, keep it up, and and we feel like if you keep it up, you've got some real growth here. Had they left it at that, how would you walk away from that meeting as opposed to kind of expecting a promotion soon? How would how would that be different? Pretty good. You'd have been fine. Yeah. Yeah. So now here's what you got to do. You've got an immature leadership move. Now you have to be mature. So I'm talking mindset first. I'm going to tell you practically what I would do in a second, but I want to make sure you've kind of, you now have to hold serve and go, that was an immature move. I got to be mature. Does that make sense? 
Absolutely. And that's why I'm going back to reframe it. You would have been fine. You'd just been, man, I'm really enjoying this. Now, everybody wants to progress. Every human wants to know, where do I stand now, and do I have an opportunity to progress? So now this has been dangled. It hasn't happened. What I would do is I would set up a meeting, and I would go back in and say, hey, at my annual, this is what was said, and it got my brain going. Now, I want to give some ownership to the boss, but I'm going to be humble with this. It got my brain going. And uh, we haven't talked about it since. And so I started going, you know what? What would a growth plan look like? Like where do, and so I want to come back to you and go, hey, in the annual, we didn't really talk about maybe some areas where you think that I can grow some skills, maybe some tools I can add to my tool belt. Make this about humble and hungry here and go, what do you want? What do you, what do you think? I'd love to some more feedback on that. And then, hey, is there a timeline? And how is that timeline affected by my performance? Because you kind of got me excited And so we're going to put it back in their plate with some humility, and here's why we're doing that. We're going to find out really quick whether that was truly a carrot, and we're going to give that leader actually a little bit of what I'm going to call positive pressure to come up with a plan. But you're going to put it in their lap. They get to develop the plan, and we want to measure it. And so when I create a personal growth plan that that they help map out, and it's tied to performance, and the performance is tied to income, and promotion, now we got ourselves a plan, and that's the best way to ask for a raise. Never ask for a raise. But in this situation, it's 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 uh, it's not as simple as the raise. Uh, that's how I would go about it. I'd love to know what Jade thinks. What would you? How would you go about it? What would you? Uh, what would you do? I think you're right, Ken. Um, what was formulating in my mind, and it might be the question that Chris has, or maybe somebody listening, is if you're you are in a position and you have outperformed your position mm-hmm. to the point where you can be talking about a raise. What's What's a fair time frame for you to see that play out in the form of an actual income increase as a because, you know, Chris might go and follow your instruction and the guy be like, OK, yeah. And we and they create a, you know, a roadmap or a, a, a rally plan around this. But what's a fair timeline to watch that shake out? Yeah, it's a good question. Uh, I'll answer it. But Chris question, did you get any kind of annual bump? And we know in corporate America, you, you, your typical bump on an annual raise and usually it's tied to your annual is a three to four percent bump. Did you get any kind of annual bump? I did. What'd you get? Three uh, percent. Okay. That okay. So that falls within the averages. So this was not about the raise in this case. It was kind of like you're in line for a promotion, yeah. and then there's just been crickets. Mm. So to answer your question for Chris, you always your baseline for a raise discussion is usually at your annual, and then outside of that, that's where I want to be developing a plan to where I'm not just relying on the annual 3%. Mm, and I, I call see. it like a growth plan. I always want to sit with my leader and go, and I do it here. But I mean, we're even with that, like what's a, what's a time frame on that? I don't think there is. That's too formulaic. I think gotcha. it is based on if I'm talking to my leader and we're talking healthy here and the leader's going, I see mm-hmm. you're a performance guy. Mm-hmm. So let's lay out a plat- path for growth. And if I hit these numbers, then I get this. That becomes its own timeline, if that makes sense. I see. Yeah, I but Chris, uh, let's let you step in here. I mean, we told you what we thought. You any more questions? Does that help? You have more questions? What's going on in your head? I I think it I think it's all good. I'm willing to work with them. Let's just say that. But I don't I don't want to again, like you said, be waiting too long. Well, you know what's going on. This 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 dangling of the carrot has created a potential for resentment. Yeah, it wet his whistle, and now and you he's get like. It. Let's go. You get it. So I, mm-hmm. I would do it the way that, because here's what we're going to do. If you do what I told you to do, we're going to find out real quick if they meant it. 
Mm-hmm. Right now, I think you and I and Jade are going, ah, there's a possibility they meant it and they're busy and they've got distracted. Yeah. Or maybe yeah. or maybe circumstances changed and they just haven't been good at communicating. I think you need to get to the bottom of it so that you now have uh, proper expectations. That keeps us from being resentful. Does that make sense? Absolutely. All right, my man. Hang in there, but go after it. Listen, uh, let me tell you this. <laughs> I, I, I wrote this in my first book, The Proximity Principle. It was about connecting and turning connections and opportunities, but it's, it's true in this situation, Jade, and, mm-hmm. and this is a good reminder for people. You know, you're not the only person your boss leads. Right. And there's a, there's a guy I used to work for who used to tell me this. I don't know where he got it, but he said, nothing's moved unless it's shoved. And sometimes you got to shove your leader a little bit because you're not the only person they're thinking about. They didn't wake up this morning, and while they're, they're getting ready for work, they didn't go, huh! I got to think about Chris's comp plan and how I'm going to promote him today. They're just not. And so you've got to stay in front of them a little bit. And there's yeah. an art to that. What, what say you about that? I think that's exactly right. I think sometimes... You know what I'm talking about. I think about. sometimes it's a little bit of a test to see, like, how bad do you want it? And are you going to go get it and make it happen? But push there's, forward. There's a respectful push. A 100%. And it's basically get in front of your leader and be like... Hey, hey, remember hey, when you said hey, that thing? Yeah. I, hey, I want to play. Yeah. Listen, there were times where I got in the game... Only because I said, hey, coach, I'm ready to get back in. Put and he's me like, in, coach. And he was like, oh, yeah, Coleman. All right, get back in. That's this guy's right. coaching the game. I got to tell him, I want to go in, coach. This is The Ramsey Show. Welcome back to The Ramsey Show. So thrilled to have you with us. I'm Ken Coleman, and Jade Warshaw is with me as well. And we're here for you, America, 888 Five two two five. Now the board says on line four that Jim from Scranton, Pennsylvania, is on the line, and you know what I'm thinking. Come on, Michael Scott. It's all I can think about is Dunder Mifflin, and I'm, I'm sure I'm hearing the theme song in my head right you? now. All right, let's see what th- this is all about. Jim, you're on the Ramsey Show. How can we help? Hi, Ken. Hi, Jade. I had a, a question about a vehicle loan. What's up? Um, I have uh, I have my emergency fund saved. Um, I have six months expenses saved. Um, the only debt that I have is my mortgage and this vehicle loan. Okay. Um, my question is, I'm in, fortunate enough that my job provides a, a pension. So I have a pension for retirement. Okay. And I also am involved in a uh, deferred compensation program with that. Okay. That's great. Um, separately, I have a Roth IRA uh, that I no longer contribute to. Okay. Um, so my question is that Roth, should I cash that and pay off my vehicle, my truck? No, um, I would not do that, but I do wonder why you have a Roth IRA that you no longer contribute to because, um, if you have a pension, we would still say that you're investing a certain percentage into separate retirement funds and a Roth IRA would be a perfect place to start. Sure, sure. So I do have a separate one. Um, it's the the Roth that I was talking about. I was actually uh, in charge of, and I was managing. Um, okay. I changed that to we, what we call as a, a deferred compensation. Um, so I do have money coming out into a separate retirement uh, account. It's just that this particular Roth um, is no longer uh, receiving any contributions. Okay, and the deferred compensation, it's going. What type of? Where is it going? What's it going into? Um, I believe it's a, a pre-tax account, um, 
and it's it's managed by uh, a, a third party. It's obviously not not managed by me. Okay, and are you choosing the investments? Uh, no. No. Okay, so back to back to what I said, um, and I, I'll get to the, the the rest of the question, but this is really important uh, for you and anybody else listening. When you have something like a pension or a deferred compensation, that's great, but because you're not in control of it, um, the pension, obviously, there's a huge portion of that that you're not in control of, and if you die, that money dies with you. So that's that's thing one. Thing two with the deferred compensation, it's great that you're having money put aside, but again, you're not in control of the investments, therefore you're not in control or you have even less control of the rate of return that takes place. So the way we teach here is that if you've got that going on, there's nothing wrong with that, but you should not count that as 15% of your monthly salary going to your 401k and here's why and those are the two reasons i just laid out because you don't have control of it so let's say if you had a an estimate overall how much what percentage of your income is going into the pension and what percentage of your income is going into the deferred plan uh so the deferred i have is 10 percent. okay um but the pension is is basically a, a set amount um depending upon um your yearly salary and are they taking it from your salary or it's just them putting that money aside for you? Um, that I'm not sure. Okay, let's that find out sure. about that because if it's just them set assigning, putting money aside for you, then I would count that as 0% um, when it comes to your 15% that's being invested. And as far as this deferred thing, I'd probably count that for about half because you don't have, you're not in control of it at all. So let's say that you, that 10% count that for as 5%. And now we still need to do another 10% of investing into plans that you have control over. You're choosing the investments. And that's why that Roth IRA is still a good place to keep putting money into. And for that reason, um, I would not withdraw money from that. And even if that wasn't the case, by the way, I still wouldn't pull money out of a a retirement vehicle to pay off a car loan. Is that fair enough? Yeah, yeah, that 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 ten percent. So that and maybe I that was a little confusing. That ten percent is managed by uh, by a financial advisor, and and they are invested. Um, right, but you're. It to, sounds like you don't have any say in the matter. It's just hey, this guy, we give him this money, and he does X Y Z with it, right? Correct. So you get to pick either aggressive, uh, conservative, and you can either set uh, set amount or you could do a set percentile of your of your pay. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I get what it is, and my my ideals on that remain the same. Okay. So um, I know I answered part of your question. What was the other part? Because you mentioned a car. Correct. So I so that that Roth that I was no longer uh, contributing to, um, I could I could pay off. Um, I could pay off my vehicle with with that Roth that I was not contributing to. Well, what do you owe on so the car? Um, 18. Okay. And what do you earn every month? Um, trying to break it down monthly. Um, uh, roughly around 10,000. Okay. So is that your primary car? Uh, I have, what well, I have, uh, three vehicles. Okay. But so yes, what's, what's, I mean, my family has three vehicles. I should say my wife has one. And then my daughter has a vehicle, but this my truck is the only thing that I have a, a loan on. What's the payment on it? Um, I think it's five hundred. Yeah. Uh, I I 
I do uh, like five fifty a month just to try to pay it off ahead of time. I would just keep working just that pay plan it to pay off. it off. Yeah, there's no reason for you to to borrow from the Roth for all the reasons and hit yourself. Just get it done. It feels like you're trying to okay. fast forward something that you regret, which I get. But in this case, that's not a good strategy. The only strategy right now is to either sell it and you get something cheaper if you've got equity in it, or just go ahead and pay it off. You got good income. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I can afford the truck, and, and I don't want to sell it. What's your hesitation? Um, just, well, I thought I would just, uh, which I'm not going to do now, but I thought I would just drain the Roth. I have that deferred comp, and I have my pension, and then yeah. obviously I would start working on my, my mortgage. I love that you're mad at it. But there's there's a couple strategies on how to be mad, right? Yeah. And and the way you propose is like throwing a tantrum. It doesn't help anybody. Versus getting focused and right. knock this out. Well, so that's the point. Let's put in let's put it in perspective because I always have a handy dandy investment calculator here. So I want to know how much is in that Roth right now. Um, it's eighteen thousand. It's exactly eighteen thousand. Yeah, depending upon the market of the depending on that day, yeah. Okay, so that's probably one reason it's tempting. So if, if you don't mind me asking, how old are you, Jim? I'm 38. Okay, you're 38. Let's just, let's just pretend that you decide to retire when you're 68, okay? So what would happen if we left that money alone, that 18000 alone, um, and we invest it for the next 30 years, and it compounds annually, uh, at about 8%. That's fair, right? 8%. I would say, you know, you want accounts that do 10%, but for the haters, let's say 8%. And let's say you don't add anything else to it. You just leave it alone. At the end of that term, that's going to be uh, $181,000. Yeah. So, so let it go and let it go. Like, yeah, let it, it go. Is. You got to let it go and let it grow. And I don't think that in the moment it feels worth it to you to say, let me just take that money and pay off this payment. But when you really think of what it could be if you just sit it there and let it grow, you're going to have almost $200,000 and you didn't touch it as opposed to just you and, and as opposed to pulling it out now, just use your own income, pay off this car. And I can't, um, I can't emphasize enough what I said earlier about your investments, especially now that you revealed that you've got a daughter and a wife, that pension is a great, it's great that they're offering that, but that dies with you. So you've got to be investing in other places and you've got to be investing 15% of your income. Very, very important. Yeah. I mean, I, I do have a life insurance policy. Um, so I've, I've kind of, I don't know if you want to call it hedge that, but if, if something were to, to happen to me, I do have uh uh, term life insurance. Policy. Okay, good. It's term. All right, great. Yeah, term is absolutely yeah. smart. But you got yeah, the plan. Yeah, of course. It you is. It plan. is. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Listen, I'm trying to help folks out. I want to make sure he's okay because your retirement is not just for what happens after you die. It's for it's for your family. It's for yeah. you to live. It's for you to thrive. A good man leaves an inheritance to his yeah. children's children. And that's what we want to get to. Good hour, Jade Warshaw. Thank you, James Childs and the crew. Thank you, America. This is The Ramsey Show.